Hi everyone, my name's Dave. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to SportStack Weekly Analysis by AlphaStack, where you can get your weekly discussion on everything SportStack. This is a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at AlphaStack Group. And don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts at www.alphastack.co.uk. Right, enough of the admin. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the SportStack Weekly Analysis Podcast. My name is Dave. Jay is with me, as usual. Jay, how was your weekend? Uh, do you know what? I, I actually didn't do a huge amount of match day trading at all. Um, oh, I wonder why that is. It, it's got nothing to do with the fact I got a PS5. Um, <laughs> I, I was actually doing a lot of uni work on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so, yeah, the, we can all blame that. But I think sort of the the pull on Korea's market has probably, at least for the time being, shifted how much I probably want to do on the match day market. Um, yeah. I think that might also just be the fact that I had a really, really terrible sort of up and down four weeks um, in in October, or sort of mid-October to mid-November, um, in sort of in between those two international breaks, and I'm maybe trying to be a little bit cautious now, um, just right. to get some confidence back in, in my abilities. So that that's probably play, played its part as well. Having a career market does ease the uh, burden a little bit of watching the football if you're going to you know, try and bet intelligently, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. You can buy Timo Werner or whoever it is you want and you don't need to know exactly what they're doing every minute to try and uh, maximise your return. It's obviously much longer time horizon than that. So it does it does rather change the game for people who have been used to betting on the match day exchange. Obviously, we know that, um, that so far... The career markets have been um, really well received by by a lot of these guys that were on the platform before mm-hmm. um, on the match day exchange, and they've they've enjoyed a lot of the aspects of career markets so far. And we've obviously we've got um, a lot to cover. the The structure of this pod um, we're recording as usual on Monday evening. Obviously, we've got Champions League this week. Uh, the Burnley Palace game is ongoing uh, as we speak. Uh, we're eleven minutes in. It's Burnley one Palace nil. So if I don't sound too excited, that'll be why. Uh, a, a dagger through the hearts for a lot of people not just Palace fans but people who bought Wilfred Zaha on the career markets and he is not playing for Palace today uh, so it could be a long 90 minutes for us um, indeed the first 11 or 12 minutes hasn't been that thrilling so uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on that you'll probably hear me I don't know squeal or swear or whatever it is uh, depending on what happens um, but we have to cover we're, we're going to go over last week's uh, this weekend's Premier League games but more through the eyes probably of the career markets. And then we will answer a couple of uh, good community questions we've got and we're going to then look at the Champions League because obviously we've got a full slate of Champions League games coming up um, and and, and most of those will be sort of in reference to the matchday markets, of course. So let's begin um, this weekend. Probably the the biggest thing for us was, was seeing how Timo Werner got on because obviously... We've bet on him quite heavily in the career markets, mm-hmm. uh, so all, all eyes on him in the first kickoff of the weekend, Jay. And it was a mixed bag, right? It flashes of promise, but in the end, no, no real substance. I, I remember sort of just trying to look for excuses, and at least, at least with a couple of those chances, I was and like, you know, I messaged you. I was like, that's Frank Lampard's fault. That is, that's just him. That's just Lampard telling Werner to pass and not shoot. Um, I, I was I was literally clutching at straws trying to find an excuse for why Timo Werner hasn't shot. Um, but you know, it, to be fair, it it wasn't just us um, judging by some of the some of the talk in Slack um, about sort of how many how many people had taken Timo um, on the careers market. So I I know there are a lot of frustrated people on there, but it's I mean, look, it's it's promising. Um, I do think that Opta may have robbed him a little bit with a couple of dribbles that weren't awarded um, as well, yeah. which, you know, it, it doesn't help. But at the same time, you can't really just blame Opta for that because he had his chances to score. And then if he scored, no one would have really cared about the dribbles that weren't awarded. Because, uh, you know, if he scored, then he would have won dividends. Simple as. Yeah, I mean, if he if he scored, he would have uh, won the top player bonus. 
you'd think well. of, uh, of Tammy Abraham because, I mean, Abraham got the goal and he was about nine points ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a really promising display. He got in a lot of dangerous positions. He missed he missed one chance in the first half that was was absolutely criminal. It couldn't have really sat up much nicer for him. Um, and he managed to drag that wide. So that was that was quite frustrating. And you kind of thought at that point maybe the goal is coming. And then he had that chance in the second half and he decided to square it. And then and that didn't come to anything. Obviously, he did, did eventually get the assist for, for Abraham's goal. So mm-hmm. you know there are there are positives there. And I suppose the final uh, the final thing before he subbed was subbed off was being flagged offside when he got himself a goal. <laughs> so it, it all kind of added up but you know he finished on 48p and that's that's quite a promising score you know on another day he might have tucked away all three of those chances and, and he could be walking away with a max payout so can't can't complain too much um, as you say you know it's a career bet so you've got perhaps another like 400 games for him to put those chances away so yeah um, something along those lines I mean you know by the time people have probably listened to this um, he's going to be playing this evening as in Tuesday night Uh, well he should be given that he was brought off with what 15-20 minutes to go um, against Newcastle so you know the the game's come around thick and fast at the moment for you know for anybody on the careers market to, to earn some dividends Chelsea, Chelsea will have been heavily watched at the weekend, not just because of Werner, but also uh, Ben Chilwell, Rhys James, mm-hmm. Tammy Abraham, all on the platform. Zayek was actually launched today. Um, I don't know if you, if you, did you get involved in the the hacking Zayek launch? Uh, he's not one for me personally. Not quite at at, at that price. Um, I probably would have been willing to pay. Well, I I did bid one pound ten, um, just because. You know he he is that much older, and there's every chance that he will return over one pound forty. Um, but it, it feels a bit more of a risk because he is that much older for me. So yeah, that's fair enough. It's not necessarily one that I'm willing to take on at the moment. That's fair. I I decided to play around with it a little bit. I'd stuck in bids for twenty five shares at one thirty, one twenty five, one twenty, and one fifteen. And I only got filled on the the shares that I bid for at one thirty. So obviously those those bids all amounted to hundred shares. Yeah. Um, but I only got filled on the the highest price there, and he's opened up a, a one thirty sell now. I think a one forty five buy. So that that looks that looks quite a promising auction. I think it is an exciting one. It's almost uh, perhaps a sort of like Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandez like kind of thing, where he is playing at one of the bigger teams, and he's got a lot of goal threat. He'll be he'll be contributing contributing to goals one way or another, you know, whether it's scoring or assisting uh, throughout the season. So it's it's quite an engaging bet for people to take on. Move on quickly to Everton versus Fulham, Fulham versus Everton rather. Dominic Calvert Lewin got himself a brace, which is uh, his first time he's got himself a couple of goals since that West Brom game earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Fulham were obviously really poor, but Calvert Lewin. You know, he, he holds some value and I suppose a question for us, we saw it debated a little bit on the timeline, you know, what is he worth compared to, say, Decore, who who is coming out, I think, uh, at the end of this week on the launch pad. Yeah. Um what is it you would like about Dominic Calvert Lewin? I think he's what, four, three, four years younger than Decore anyway. Um he's also English, which, you know, has has an impact as well. He's also in incredible form um he's obviously got the chance then to i suppose if he carries on this form to make the euros squad because uh, i don't see why he wouldn't make the euro squad if he carries on this form then he should be making that squad um there's there's no two ways about it really is there no absolutely i mean kane's injury history is a little bit uh a little bit sketchy so you know there is you know there, there is a risk that for whatever reason Harry Kane you know he might he might play out of his skin for all of this season mm-hmm. and then get to I don't know like March or April and just break down because obviously we've seen so many injuries already this season so that has to be very carefully managed Yeah. but you'd imagine that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is probably the ideal replacement for him but obviously he's going to be up against perhaps Marcus Rashford um, Danny Ings as well I mean England do actually have a lot of attacking options they do not that we're managing to make the most of those at the moment in the, <laughs> in, in the international game, but... I'll say nothing. <laughs> your silence would be much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just... There are a lot of options there, but Calvin Lewin is, is certainly in line and he's, he's not doing himself um, any harm with, with performances like that. Mm-hmm. 
Liverpool probably it was probably a little bit of a surprise they came out 3-0 winners against Leicester obviously huge huge injury issues there Leicester actually have a lot of injury issues of their own you know they're missing um, Wilfred and Didi who you know it's well documented how important he is for them yeah but Roberto Firmino I think one top player in that game uh, 76p payout he did and he is being launched this Friday I think it is or maybe it's a little sooner than that uh, but... yeah it's Friday yeah do you, do you see any interest for him do you think this performance just ahead of his launch will be significant to, to kind of demand there possibly if you know if he does it again against Ajax midweek then surely there's an argument for there being high demand I mean he's his guide price is 87p to £1.7 um for me personally probably not just because I'm I think my plan is probably going to try and be to look at the the younger players who've got a lot longer left um, and I know yeah. that comes with the risk that they like move from the Premier League elsewhere or, or what not um, but I think that's probably a risk that I'm willing to take on some people um, whereas for me, knows that a little bit older, um, and I'm I'm not I'm not 100 sure. Maybe maybe we'll have to do some calculations um, and see where see where our our calculations come out and see how that stacks up against Sports Stack. Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd probably say a similar thing to be honest because he is at the older end of things. He's 29, so you don't have a ton of time left on him. And uh, you know, for a long time, Liverpool fans. I mean, Liverpool fans have absolutely loved him playing in their team. You know, they've often said how underappreciated he is in terms of what he does to the team, even if it's not just scoring goals. But he has attracted a lot of, not even criticism. I think people are probably hesitant to criticise him because he does still work so hard, but a lot hasn't worked for him this season. And I suppose there might be a little bit of scepticism around him and whether maybe, say, this summer, it might be there might be a scenario where it's time for him to move on. And that, that might be a little bit extreme from my side. I don't know, but I, for, for sort of stuff like that, you know, I have a little bit of doubt about him and that's probably enough to stop me really wanting to get involved at his age. I think the emergence of Jota um, has, has probably made quite a big impact on Firmino's future. Yeah. I think that's, that's played a huge, huge part in what may or may not happen to, uh, to Bobby Firmino. Have you enjoyed seeing the number of players winning dividends this weekend? I think it was 44 from the eight games that we've seen so far. And, you know, there'll be a, a couple more to add on from these from these last two games. But have you enjoyed having players in your portfolio like sort of Reese James, Ben Chilwell, who are likely to keep knocking out those scores? Maybe they just eke over 50 every time and it's 1p every time. And obviously those over, over the course of the season are, are going to add up. Yeah, they'll they'll add up massively, and I think where you've got somebody like, I suppose Ben Chilwell, I suppose you could also argue Robertson. Um, there's probably some other fullbacks, maybe Aaron Wan-Bissaka as well. Um, sort of play, yeah. players like those that are always there or there around a fifty when they're not even contributing a goal. Um, and then when they get a goal contribution, and obviously these are three fullbacks that we're talking about here, and they're all they're all very adept and very capable of getting an assist or even a goal um, that will just be a massive boost in what you earn in that game and that will just then end up being a bonus um, so yeah sort of you know for me personally Chilwell and Reese James are two that I've got and yeah it was it was great to see them on their sort of first game being able to pick up pick up some dividends without any without any goal involvements um, I remember looking at Chilwell at half time I think he was on about 44-45p at half time and I was like this is great like Chilwell's practically got dividends in the bags now. Was it? It was Chilwell that went very close to winning uh, star player, wasn't it? And then Tammy, I yeah. think, ahead of him, maybe with a foul one or something in like the ninety-second minute. Yeah, I think Tammy had a plus like five p in the last two or three minutes because yeah. I I remember sort of looking looking on the match day app uh, just to see where all the scores were at about eighty-eight, and I was thinking, great, like Chilwell's three four points ahead. Um, that that should be that in the bag. And I think I remember messaging you, yeah. and then answered a, uh, a revision question, and then sort of came back to it and saw the notification. So hang on, Chilwell should have got much more in dividends than that. And looked, I was like, Wait, where's this last like five minutes come from um, in regards to yeah. Tammy? And then just getting like really upset about it. <laughs> 
yeah it's a killer it's a killer but you know hopefully hopefully further down the line we'll both be on the right end of uh, of something like that yeah maybe even not too far away with with Chelsea playing uh, tomorrow the final thing we're going to touch on before we go on to the community questions the effective share split the sports stack went through with i think it was on was it on thursday night or friday oh god um i can't remember wednesday was it Wednesday? It was Wednesday night. Oh, well, there we go. I'm going mad. Um, <laughs> there was there was this effective share split on, on Wednesday evening, on Jay tells me. Yeah. Where obviously a lot of users were concerned that players were being launched at too high a price, particularly the original 62 players. So the, the first ones that were issued straight away, um, obviously there wasn't really any established demand for them before they were priced up. And some of those players, I guess, Sportstack didn't see much action on them in terms of buying, and they've dis- they decided to reduce the price of, of those players and compensate users with additional shares so that the value of their of their hold didn't change. Um, yeah. Which I think personally, I, I think that was a really good move by Sportstack. Um, you know, it it listened to people. They were also very clear that this isn't going to happen on an ongoing basis, and they they could accept that maybe with those first players the market hadn't really been found for them in an organic way but it was quite clear from from the lack of demand that people weren't really interested in those prices they decided to make some changes and uh, I think generally people applauded them for it yeah because I think to be honest it was done in such such a way um, it's it's another one of those things where Sportstack just do it and then tell people about it sort of once it's complete um, in the same way that you know, there was no teasing, I suppose, of the career markets coming out. Um, it just appeared, effectively. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was one of those things, and obviously it was it was done the right way in terms of those players all got suspended. Um, sort of, I remember people sort of on Slack being like, "What's going on?" Blah blah blah. And I think my my initial reaction because I bought some sterling and I saw that he was suspended. I saw his price drop by about a quid. I think I must have logged in at roughly the worst time, sort of after they'd adjusted the price, but not yet issued the extra shares. <laughs> so at one point, sterling, I was at like a two hundred pound loss. And I was like, uh, what what's going on here? Um, and I was I to be honest, I I wasn't even actually that concerned because I knew I knew in my head um, that sort of sports stack wouldn't screw over their user base <laughs> I was like they're either going to refund me the difference in cash or they're going to do something with the shares and in in hindsight what I wanted was the cash because then I've got OCD when they issued me 59 shares in sterling I was like well I've either got to sell those 59 or buy 41 more I, I have to yeah I have to deal in round numbers <laughs> the only risk they were running there was uh, was triggering some OCD and a few people needing to round off the number of <laughs> shares they were holding one way or another right Yes, 100%. <laughs> Let's do community questions. We've got a cu- questions from a couple of people, um, some really good questions, some that are potentially a little bit tough to answer. So we'll get into them. Uh, Sport Stacker, our old mate, which players are you most looking forward to buying on careers? So, Jay, do you want to get started on that? I really want to buy Bruno. Um because I, I feel sort of like I just want to sink a load of money into Bruno <laughs> and then just leave it for like two or three years. <laughs> just watch the dividends rolling in. Yeah, just just watch it roll in. Um, I'm just... I mean, I'm, I'm curious about where his pricing might be. Like, I, I'd, I'd like to think somewhere between probably 5 and 550 given that he's that much younger than KDB but his payouts are currently um higher overall than KDB so he's got to be somewhere higher uh, obviously the risk yeah. the risk um and I'm probably going to get slated for this is that the the penalty rules change and therefore his his payouts just drop off a cliff um or that he's not allowed to do the uh the skip and the hop um, in his run-up anymore and therefore he just hands them over to Rashford or something <laughs> oh god I mean I do, I do wonder with that 
how much of a difference he really feels it makes. Yeah. It's a bit of a strange one because obviously a lot of penalty takers have incorporated that in. And I suppose a big deal is made of it when players miss and, you know, you'll get the likes of Roy Keane on Sky Sports saying, what are you doing? Yeah, just <laughs> and, uh, run up and smash it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly the more... Um, old-fashioned way of taking a penalty i suppose and and yeah there are, there'll be there'll be pundits on sky sports that have, have certainly criticized players i remember probably the worst example was uh simona zaza i think for italy in one of the international tournaments oh, maybe 2012 2014 and he he did a proper funny run up and fired it over the bar yes and and at that point you've got we really got nowhere left to hide and it's not that dissimilar to Adam Ola Lukman deciding to try Panenka <laughs> and and sticking it basically straight down Fabianski's throat so for someone like Bruno I don't know I feel like he can probably quite easily take a penalty without having to do that I think he does it just to put the keeper off I mean the amount of times he yeah. sort of does that hop and skip and you like if you watch if you watch it in slow motion the keeper's kind of ready dive to one side and because he's just yeah. eyes on the keeper He's then just putting it the other side, effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So it it could make a difference. I mean, I've I've seen some arguments for and against that um, on Twitter recently, and it's 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 an interesting argument. Personally, I don't see it getting changed because the way I see it is a penalty is supposed to be a massive advantage to the attacking side. At the end of the day, someone on the defending side is, you know, taken out an attacking player in the box or you know handballed it so yes the advantage should be with the attacking team as far as I'm concerned well I mean that's that's a very good point because obviously yeah the the advantage is so heavily stacked in the uh, the attacking team's favour yeah I suppose one of the complaints that people have had and this was particularly prevalent when the handball debate was going on a few weeks ago is that a lot of these offences aren't really worthy of a penalty for example or or one of these handballs isn't worthy of a yellow card in the same way a bad tackle is. You know, you can't actually equate the two. Um, so, I, I mean, we're possibly getting into the realms of a sort of like a tiered penalty system where some aren't as bad as others, and that's obviously totally ridiculous. So, we, yeah. we, should, probably, we should probably try and cut that debate short there. I feel like Bruno is probably the, the number one target, probably for a lot of people, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, given the way he's, he's pretty much announced himself on Sportstack, he's been regularly paying out very well and you know I mean even even knocking out say a, a 40 to 50p payout when he's not really um, not really on form so people are people are going to really like that and I think you know kind of as you mentioned earlier that's that's an engaging bet to, to be involved with yeah um, I also look, like the look of, of Marcus Rashford and, and Harry Kane um, obviously the way Kane's playing at the moment you can't expect that to to necessarily continue. I, I think I saw a stat the other day that he's paid. He's uh, had twenty eight goal involvements in fourteen games so far this season, which is yeah, it's absolutely obscene. I, I think there are probably very few games in there where he's drawn a blank. I know that he's had a couple of games where he's had three or four. Um, there's maybe only one or two games in there where he hasn't actually returned anything. So I think that will make people um, very very interested in him. But obviously, in terms of the age thing, he's a he's about 27 and there has there have long been rumours of say Real Madrid being interested in him or something like that so yeah. that's something that people might keep an eye out for uh, Marcus Rashford I think there's certainly been uh, less talk of him leaving the Premier League and he's one of those players that when he's on his on his game he will pay out very very well um, and he's potentially got another 10 years left in him so he would probably end up getting launched around the same price or maybe even slightly higher than Bruno you know where where Bruno will have a habit of, of knocking out say 50p or just over 60p um, Marcus Rashford will probably be quieter on a lot of games but then could more easily get up to 100 you know 90p plus yeah and that's where you start to really make your money yeah exactly I think you know as as much as consistent 50p I, sorry consistent payouts between 50 and 60 points is is great obviously those those dividends will trickle in your explosive players like Rashford and you know we, we've seen Kane sort of pay out below 50 where he where he hasn't done anything and you know that rings true for a lot of strikers um but those strikers have massive peak potential and the peak potential is really something to to look out for because that's where you make your money I mean you know 185 point performance is going to cover you for like 
seven, eight games, um, sort of in comparison to your consistent 50 to 60 point uh, payouts? Aside from those three, I feel they're probably the three biggest launches yet to come. Um, is there is there a player out there that you're interested in just because, I mean, I know you, you like to reference uh, players that you you bought football manager for example is there is there one you've got a little bit of affection for that you want to you want to buy assuming they're a reasonable price um, just to sort of back them week in week out <sighs> yes but he's not going to be on the platform for ages and probably by the time he is he's probably going to be too much of a name for me to uh, for me to warrant it anyway if if he does make it at all. Um, it's, 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 it's a different Jota who's currently playing in Spain um, he was at Benfica um, I think that's that's purely because I got him so cheap on Football Manager one year and he just he lit it up for me um, not just in the championship oh, with Cardiff him. yeah him um, is he still at Benfica? no he's at Mallorca I think oh, um, dear. I'll have to double check I'm not sure if he's on loan but yeah. Right, so it's, we don't we don't know necessarily the context of that. Yeah, not necessarily. Um, I've been trying to keep tabs on him sort of every now and then, so I'm pretty sure he's at Mallorca at the moment. Right, interesting. Okay, my I mean my answer on that one would probably be as a obviously he's sort of beacon of ooh good hit. Um, he's a sort of beacon of hope for uh, for the Palace turnaround now. Um, being well a young player for a start, um, a player who's not already over like 28, 29. And he looks quite exciting so far. So um, I'll be interested to see how he comes out on the platform. Yeah, I, you know, I think he's got quite a big future. So that'll be a good one. Classic sports stacker. His second question is rather stirring the pot. Um, who do you think is currently the most overpriced player on the market? Now, we do think that this is a fair question and an interesting point of discussion. I, I mean, I would say personally, Jay, but we probably don't want to go talking down people's bets, do we? Um no however I think if Harry wants the answer to that question then I would suggest checking out some historic messages in Slack for other people's opinions I think obviously everyone's got their own opinion there's there's a couple of players in, in particular who have been I suppose singled out more often than not um, in Slack yes I would agree with that we'll let um We'll let people dig those messages out for themselves um, rather than wading in on the debate too much. Um, Index Bars from Twitter has asked, how fast do you think players need to be added to the market? What's the optimum level to keep early adopters interested uh, and encourage newbies to get in at the start um, and also to regulate prices of existing players and bets so that cash doesn't get pulled from old players to new players uh, so that bets are diluted? So there's a lot to unpack there. That's just question one from those as well. <laughs> That is question one. Um, so it's a, it's a very fair question. So I think ultimately it's, it's quite a difficult one to answer. I would say, you know, this is the, the I don't know if there is a right answer. Uh, Sportstack will have a lot of the data on that one mm -hmm. to to decide how they think to best approach it. And I'd say that the, the rate at the moment um, is fairly slow. If we consider a sort of a fast, a fast rate being one where you've got lots of players of interest, the players that are being launched at the moment are, are still relatively low key and we're waiting for for players from some of the Europa League clubs for example I think Arsenal, Spurs, Leicester players aren't really on the platform yet um, once those guys start coming there'll be players that a lot of people are interested in assuming the price is right Yeah. Um, so at the moment the, the flow is, is fairly slow but obviously while we don't have many users on the platform it's probably best to keep it that way um, and you know people have still got the launches of, of other players to look ahead to um, so as we say, Spurs, Arsenal, Leicester, uh, Rashford, Bruno, all those guys. Yeah, it's um, it's it's one way I suppose sports tech have got to try and find the the mid ground, um, because obviously, yes, for them personally, the more players that are on the platform, the better, because it gives people more opportunities to trade, right? So therefore, people are going to be selling some holds to buy. Uh, or to bid on IPOs in the next hold and that just generates more commission for Sportstack. So that that would be great for them personally if they were being greedy. Um, but then they'd get everyone sort of saying, oh, like, you know, you're just diluting my shares constantly by 
add in I don't know four or five players a day so it's, it's yeah, trying exactly. to find that that midpoint I think um, it, don't get me wrong it's it's sometimes frustrating and sort of looking at some of the payouts on the weekend and thinking oh like you know would it be nice to have this player on career markets or that player on career markets because you know like they got a good payout and they would have got me some nice dividends um, but yeah it's 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 a tough one it's a tough one for them there'll be I, I'd imagine there'll be a lot of data backing up the decisions they're making on that front yeah and I think that that is a bit of a carrot actually if you've got those launches ahead of you if you're a new person to the platform you're in before say Harry Kane's added to the platform or before Marcus Rashford's added to the platform yeah uh, so you're going to be there at day one for those big guys so you know I think I think what's on the platform at the moment is enough to for us to be interested certainly um, we've got a, a fair amount of money invested in some of the players on the platform mm-hmm. um, but there is scope uh, for people to look ahead and go oh I can get in before that guy launches so I can be there when he launches I can get my shares at a better price um, yeah when that guy goes live and that will be enough i think to um attract people to come in and you know i mean that's part of the thing that's keeping me interested for example is is looking forward to seeing who's added as well as the the players that i already have yeah absolutely i mean you've also got to take into account that at least at the time of recording um google play still haven't got their shit together um and sort of we're still waiting (laughs) for them to approve the android app um I get it from that point of view as well. You know, Sportstat probably don't want to release too many players because I don't want to say attacks, but they're getting questioned every day on Twitter about is there any update on the Android app, and it's 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 yeah. tough for them because they you know it's not necessarily Sportstat's fault. It's just the fact that Google Play are taking absolutely forever um, at the moment, and unfortunately, if you sort of do a I suppose a, a little bit of research, it it seems to be the case with any any app approval on um, on Google at the moment they're just taking so much longer than Apple um, so, but I, I totally feel the frustration um, with with every, with anyone who's got a an Android um, phone to be honest yeah exactly so Android users you know they're, they're rightly asking where the app is um, but you know as far as we're aware that is uh, that is not in Sportstack's hands which is, is a real shame but it it does make sense for Sportstack to keep some of these launches back until the Android app is live, and we, we don't know yet when that's going to be. Um, but obviously, we, we don't have any knowledge on that anyway. We've, we've only seen what other people have seen on, on Slack, so um, we just need to, well, we need everyone else to, to hang tight, remain patient, um, and and I would, I would expect that they're probably not going to fire off any big launches until the Android app is, is ready and, and live. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised personally. There's, I mean, yeah, just it wouldn't make perfect sense, would it? Um, you know, you, you no. want to give everyone as as fair a playing field as possible, and obviously, yeah, it's I don't think Sportstack are going to really put themselves in a position to receive any more complaints about the Android app and players players launching when people can't can't bid on them. The second part of of the question here is: Do you think Sterling, Grealish, and KDB are still incorrectly priced in relation to new launches coming on stream personally i feel somewhat disadvantaged by backing careers from day one which means i'm now on a wait and see basis rather than upping my stakes for me managing the bets is quite a tricky thing um you know we were both quite quick to allocate money into some players but it was only those we saw value in so i I personally don't feel particularly aggrieved because i mean i for one I, i do own jack Grealish. And I still think that he is decent value. Um, I don't think that that price particularly needs to be corrected. Obviously, KDB is the one that people certainly picked up on before. And, you know, he say he's older than Raheem Sterling, so he's probably going to be the one that, that people are less certain on. It's quite a difficult, quite a subject, subjective question to answer, I would say. But I don't, I don't think anyone is particularly incorrectly priced. And my view would just be it's quite a case of, yeah, if you if you don't like them, don't buy them. If you hold them and they still look expensive to you now, but you know prices of other players have been cut, um, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And the fact that their price hasn't been cut means you and other people saw value in them enough to buy them, and for sports stack to not think they needed to do anything about it. So that to me um, says that you probably actually haven't even made a bad bet. If that many people see see value in the player, uh, don't feel uh, sort of 
downbeat about the fact that you haven't uh, had that that favorable kind of price move because you know essentially you've made your bet and other people clearly agreed with you if if enough people bought sports stack to not want to cut that price if you get what i mean jay yeah i i'd agree with that um as as a whole i think you know something that people probably should be trying to do is come up with their own their own valuations and like you know i you know like i said earlier i i bought sterling um on day one i think you know may, maybe it was a mistake to buy him at that price um although given his new price i'm a little bit more confident about it now um i think i was quite rash uh to, to buy him to be honest um sort of i i just saw his some of his peak scores and that just that just lit up my eyes um with with pound signs <laughs> i mean in the end i don't think sterling is what actually was particularly bad value you know he's only 25 obviously it feels like he's been around forever because he started at Liverpool when he was 17 or so yeah but he's got he's got a long way to go yet in his career and in terms of his dividend output he's as capable of hitting those high scores as as anyone else is really Mm -hmm. so I think he you know he is still a good bet and he should still be a fun bet to have and if you bought him on day one and he's had it and and his price has been uh, has been moved lower then you're laughing personally that's that's how I'd see it yeah I mean you know fingers crossed I mean he's got everything going for him you know in terms of you know Champions League England squad as well and so he you know he's going to get all of those extra games um Grealish similar to you I I don't necessarily think he's um incorrectly priced I think a lot of a lot of people in general would agree and obviously that's based on the fact that he didn't get a price adjustment um, which means that obviously a, a lot of people were quite interested and, and took Grealish on at the price that he was released at, uh, and obviously you yeah. know he he's got he's got a potential to either move to to a slightly bigger club, and I think you know like we mentioned last week that could come with its pros and cons. So there's there, there's pros and cons to Grealish, sort of either way you look at it, and then KDB I think you know like I sort of tried to allude to but not necessarily say his name with with sports stackers question um you know there's there's still clearly a, a lot of feeling that he's that he may be low in demand let's say you look at his intrinsic intrinsic value and if you're trying to calculate a value that he's worth based on him spending the rest of his career in the premier league you'd say that he certainly before was probably a, a little on the higher side i think people particularly given the way the season started for man city um, and you know you kind of look at his body language and the way things aren't going for him maybe people are, are a little bit concerned that he could be off in the summer there's not necessarily any merit to, to those ideas um, it could just be you know a very short term slump and this, I mean this is almost the thing of, of buying low and selling high you know at the moment people aren't particularly keen on him what happens if in the next 10 games he pays out 30p plus people might change their tune on him a little bit because you're seeing the best of what Kevin De Bruyne can can do, yeah. and in in that environment, you'd say okay, Pep's less likely to go, um, and that probably looks pretty good for him. So, I do I do think that there is certainly a sort of a short term pessimism around him, um, but more broadly speaking, he is he's going to be one of the best dividend returners on the platform, but there are there are question marks about his his future and things going on right now are maybe accentuating those yeah quite possibly cool final part of the pod then Champions League round four preview so round four being the fourth fourth lot of uh, of group games and they've you know they've come pretty thick and fast so far um, we're gonna focus on a selection of them we've got five games to cover here uh, yeah. we're gonna start with Ren versus Chelsea uh, that's Tuesday five to six Big one because, you know, you've got a bit of career markets coverage in here as well. Chelsea won 3-0 last time out, so that was only a couple of weeks ago, just before the international break. I don't really see a reason to expect Wren to improve significantly. You know, I think I think this game is there for, for the taking for Chelsea, and with that, they are as good as through to the, uh, to the, to the next round, right? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be one of those things where if Chelsea sort of decide to, to turn up, um, then they could, you know, 
knock two, three past past Ren. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily look much further really than a, than a Chelsea win. Um, in in regards to match day markets, I think that's if I if I end up trading on that game, it's it's going to be an in play one and see how that see what kind of Chelsea turn up. Uh, which you know you'll be able to tell within the first ten minutes. Um, so what what will happen is Chelsea will score two goals inside ten minutes, and I won't be able to really make any money on the match day market. Um, that's that's exactly how this is going to play out. Right. Well, there we go. There's the uh, there's a preview for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I'm, I'm really. I'm just hoping that my my career market interests uh, get get good game time in this. So you know, hopefully, Chilwell and Reese James both say fit I know Reese James took a bit of a knock against Newcastle I think didn't look entirely comfortable but um, hopefully he'll start and then the, the main thing is obviously Timo Werner getting, getting a decent run out and hopefully finishing his chances better than he was able to at the weekend um, <laughs> and then well I've got I've got a very very small interest in Hakim Zayek so you know if he does some good stuff I don't really mind but I, I can't say I'm overly fussed by him um, holding holding just 25 shares which for me isn't a massive amount so have you not see what happens have you not rounded that off since the market opened at six no i'm not we're not all like you jay remember my 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 match day exchange bets are they're done by exposure they're not done by numbers of shares which i know that makes me weird i know that makes me very weird but you know my my 22.83 jamie vardy shares at the weekend stuff like that doesn't it doesn't fuss me because I've got a nice round exposure number and I know that makes me odd but I'm I'm comfortable with it. What what I really want people to do is um, tweet us at how wrong Dave is for doing stuff like that. Um, yeah, go on. To be fair, let me have it. <laughs> let me have it. I'd be interested to see if anyone else does it the same way out there. I think I think there might be one or two that do it the same way. So you you might you might get some uh, some support on that. Yeah, I mean, before before I wound my stake back significantly, I was, you know, I was trading in, in lots of like 100, 150. And when I wanted to wind that exposure back, I realized that I was a little, I had a little bit too much kind of OCD to want to do, say, five or 10 shares because you're immediately doubling your stake with that increment. So I was like, I can't do that. I'm, I'll go off the, the size of the sort of the pound uh, figure on the stake. So I, I started maybe at like five pounds and then went up to seven or eight and then up to 12 and that's the way I've been managing it and and I mean that's that's worked quite well for me it's allowed me to to increase my exposure sort of slowly which has, has been good but I know it's a little bit odd and it's an absolute pain in the ass when I'm typing in all the stuff in, into the spreadsheet and I've got to look back at the app every time so I've got like 21.71 shares of Mario Lamino and then like 18.93 of a short on I don't know whoever else so it's it does get a little bit annoying, but it's it's working for me so far. Um, yeah. PSG versus Leipzig is one of the later kickoffs on Tuesday. So Leipzig obviously came out on top in the in the first sort of leg of this of this fixture. Um, they won two one. PSG had massive COVID problems with Neymar and Mbappe both missing, um, but it all kind of went to pot a little bit. With I think Idrissa Gay was sent off maybe just before half time maybe just after and Presnel Kimpembe got a red card right at the death so you know they ended up down to nine men at least for the last couple of minutes and now at least they do have Neymar and Mbappe back um, it seems they're available but they are missing a lot of other players so Ander Herrera was really good last time um, he's missing with an injury so is Tilo Kera Kimpembe and Gay are both uh, both out uh, suspended I think they may actually be injured as well to you know add yeah. Add to the problems a little. How do you see this one going, Jay? Do you think there's maybe some value in back in Neymar and Mbappe here? I think PSG needs to go for it, don't they? Um, because they haven't they, do they haven't had the best three games yet. Um, obviously, they got thumped by um, Man United, or should I say, the last sort of twenty minute salvo from uh, from Marcus Rashford. Um, yeah. Then you know, then they lost to. PSG as well in the reverse, so it's sorry. Then they lost to Leipzig in the in the reverse, um. So they they really need to go for it, and I think it's kind of those times where the likes of Neymar, Mbappe, uh, Di Maria will all sort of shine, um. Because when when there's a little bit of pressure on them, they seem to produce. Um. Whereas when you watch some of the some of the French league games, 
and like you you can just tell within the first 10 minutes that they just cannot be bothered they just want to get their one nil win um and just stroll around the pitch <laughs> yeah well i mean in respect of mbappe he's a 56p buy uh Di Maria's 56p and Neymar's 60p buy. So do you see value in any of those guys? Is it is it going to be... It's kind of, I think, we, we said it would be against uh, Istanbul where maybe wait and see on Neymar. And obviously he went off injured quite early. Is it a wait and see kind of thing for, for those guys? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, I mean, given Neymar's price, I might even be tempted to short him for like 15-20 minutes um, because obviously with five subs it's likely if he has a very quiet sort of 15-20 minutes then that price should come down um, and you know then if he starts to look if he starts to get involved a little bit more even if he's getting tackled or whatnot but if he's actually getting on the ball a lot more um, then then there might be a case for flipping that to go long obviously banking some profits on the short and then going long on him uh, you know, it's just. I think it's going to be one of those where you end up playing it by by ear and seeing seeing what's actually going on on the pitch. Yep, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I haven't taken anything in this game just yet. Um, I'm looking at Pablo Sarabia actually at 49p sell, and I, I'd shorted him in the last game, and it worked out very well. So these prices do look quite high for PSG. I need to go through and have a look maybe at Leipzig's injuries, see if there's some a reason that the Leipzig prices seem to be quite so low. Um, well, I'll have a look at that once we've uh, done with recording. Inter versus Real is uh, an eight o'clock kickoff on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so this, I mean, this really is, you know, it's a clash of two big teams. Real are I don't quite know what to say about them. Exactly. I mean, who knows which one's going to turn up? They drew went one all at, at Villarreal uh, at the weekend. It mm-hmm. doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. It kind of seems like Zidane doesn't know what his favoured front four is. I'm not really sure. Uh, you had Odegaard and, and Mariano starting at the weekend, and I don't think they've been playing a whole lot of football this year. No. You had Rodrigo, Isco, Asensio, Vinicius Junior all sitting on bench. So I, I don't even know what lineup is gonna is gonna turn up for Real. Um, really, it's, it's quite hard to say. So I've not taken anything in this game, but I quite fancy Inter's firepower. I think Inter do have a lot of firepower. Um, and just quickly going back to Real Madrid, I mean, I suppose is there a chance that? Zidane has rested some of his key players um, over the weekend against Villarreal to to keep them fit for this game, knowing that it's you know it's not going to be an easy game. Um, and you know they've they've got you know they've they well they they need to win this game as well because they haven't necessarily had the greatest of starts in the Champions League either. Both teams actually really need to need to turn up, given you've got Gladbach um, looking looking pretty good at the top there and Shakhtar Shakhtar are in second obviously Shakhtar got an absolute battering from Gladbach so they're going to have to face up up to them this time round but both teams here Madrid and and Inter are going to have to look to pull something out of the bag so I I don't know which way that's going to go but I'm leaning towards Inter and I think some of the enterprises do look quite good value in there and Lukaku is is the main one obviously he got two goals and two assists at the weekend in a 4-2 win over Torino so I don't think you can really uh, overstate his importance to Inter, um, and obviously he was he was firing during the international break as well against England, which we all love to see. Yeah, enough <laughs> of that then. Um, Olympiacos versus Man City, also eight o'clock on Wednesday. Um, for me, Jay, this should be a formality really for City, and I know that that screams complacency. Um, yes, it you know they. they it did just. It looked fairly comfortable last time. Um, you know, they they just weren't really trying. Every now and again, Olympiacos did get a sniff, but I I, I think maybe City were a little bit complacent. I, I'm not sure about. How do you see this one going? I I see a Man City win for sure. Um, but again, I think it's another one of those things where you you look at it and you think, which Man City team this season are going to turn up? Um, because again, you know they haven't necessarily been firing or firing on all cylinders week in week out. Um, they've been as well themselves hit miss and maybe. So you know if if Man City decide to turn up, then they could, you know, just walk all over Olympiacos. But if they don't, then it it might be a bit of a struggle for them. 
And obviously, if it's a struggle, then you've got a lot of shorting opportunities. Well, this is is rather the point that I wanted to get to. Obviously, Ferran Torres. Uh, I mean, to me, going back to, I think it was uh, Scotty's question a few weeks ago, comparing Thomas Partey to um, the new Trezeguet, as it were. And I think there are a lot of people who are enjoying shorting Ferran Torres at the moment. Obviously, he, he has got himself the odd goal here and there. But he's not even paid out particularly well when he has done that. Obviously, he's being rotated quite a lot, being only 20 years old. So, mm-hmm. a 52p sell. Do you kind of fancy that one, Jay? I do. I, I honestly do because I think, um, you know, we, we've seen it before where, yes, even if he has scored early on, um, he's then sort of, you know, only really gone on to maybe get one or two p above that, and you can just you can just double down on it sort of halfway through then, can't you? As soon as he scores, um, you can then sort of go to sell him for like 70 plus P um, and then you end up making a huge amount of profit that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would err uh, on the side of caution with the doubling down thing. I've only done it once successfully, really. Um, saying that, I've not tried it that many times. I did try it once to calamitous effect, but I've, I've, I've done it once successfully and I, I tend to... I tend to lean more on the side of, all right, I'll cash out and just take the loss, or I might let this run based on the fact that, say, the guys had very little, very little involvement in the game so far. So I'm happy to sit on that one, but I don't want to to add more exposure. But obviously, Jay, you've you've been quite successful with that in your your time on Sportstack so far. Yeah, it's uh, it saved me a couple of times, even from a like reducing a loss position. Um, so sort of saving myself from like a, a 60 quid loss to something like a, a 10 pound loss where I was comfortable with that then um, so you know it, it can work and obviously if you're able to manage it um, it's it's great but yes it, it does come with that massive massive risk that the player scores again um, and then then you're kind of in trouble so put that idea out there for people to take on if they want to uh, but do do remember the risk attached to that Finally, um, we wanted to cover Liverpool versus Atalanta, which is also Wednesday at 8 o'clock. So the reverse of this fixture, obviously Liverpool ran riot um, in Italy, 1-5-0. Jota got a hat-trick. Um, Salah and Mane both got on the score sheet. Liverpool are now down to the bare bones. As we mentioned, they got a good win against Leicester, who were also injured. So, you know, there, there are asterisks next to that result. But, um, Jay, how do you see this going? Do you fancy Liverpool to, to win again here? Do you know what? I, I'm going to have to check to see how many injuries Atalanta have got. Um, because I, I quite like watching them and we, we know that they're explosive and yes, I'm fully aware that they got absolutely pumped last time. Um, but that, that was with a, a pretty much full-strength Liverpool side. Um, and this, this won't be a full-strength Liverpool side. Um, so it, it could be quite quite interesting um, just just to see how that goes really. Atalanta, I, I certainly didn't see the five nil coming uh, when when these two played each other last. No, I I, I was worried for Liverpool given I think they had um, Nathaniel Phillips playing centre half and obviously Duvan Zapata has been on on pretty good form in the Champions League so far this year. Uh, I think he paid out something like fifty five p last time, um, despite losing five nil. Obviously, didn't get himself on the score sheet, didn't have any assists. I think his base score was about forty five p. Um, which is really promising. So, you know, you might fancy him to pay out reasonably well, even if they they can't make a dent in Liverpool again. Um, but I that that to me is a bit of a freak result, and and I wouldn't expect Atalanta to to fold like that um, that often. It's it's kind of a part of their game, I think, because you know they're very they're very much a will score more goals than you kind of outfit. But yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect them to. To yeah, I wouldn't expect them to crumble quite like that again. No, no. I mean, I'd. I'd be quite shocked. But you know, at the same time, I suppose Liverpool could turn it on with uh, what what sounds as if it's going to be quite a weak inside again. Um, I'm pretty sure Mo Salah is still um, sort of having to having to isolate. So that that's going to be a miss. Um, I don't think we've yet had a, a full update on Navigator, who obviously went off um, with his with his hamstring at the weekend. So, 
I mean, that that could be another big loss for them um, in in the middle of the park. Um, so actually, I think going back to the podcast we did before the last game, we had I think we had Sports Stack Ben on, who was saying maybe keep an eye for for Diogo Jota, and obviously that turned out beautifully. Um, I think in the same podcast I mentioned to Pat, it didn't work work out quite as well, but. Both of those guys, I think, do interest me here. Jota's 47p, um, Zapata's 45p. There isn't really that much scope for rotating Jota, given given how thin on the ground Liverpool are. So yeah. um, both of those guys, I'm, I might get involved with. Yeah, I, I quite like I quite like the the sound of Jota. I mean, and I I, I probably should apologise to Sportsdat Marks. I know this kills him any time that anybody mentions how good Diego Jota is um, is playing at Liverpool, but he he is. He is absolutely on fire, isn't he? Like, he just. I, I I don't know if it's a case of you know this is where he wanted to be or this is where he sees himself and this is why he's sort of putting in more effort. I I don't know, but maybe it's just the Jurgen Klopp effect. Um, but at forty seven p that that feels feels like a bit of a steal. Um, so I I Dave, if if you want to take some on that, you probably should do it quite quickly. Um, oh, you're making me. You're making me. Can't do it. Um, no, I, I, I would agree with that. I think it's probably, I think it's probably just the, the effect of being in um, a, a superior coaching setup. And you know, it's not even like what they have it bad at Wolves. Um, Wolves are a very well-run club, but it's, I, he's just managing to, to be a little bit more consistent, even despite all these sort of injury concerns. And actually, he's, he's had to shift around quite a lot in, in the, the Liverpool system, which has changed a little bit more this year um, than than we've seen previously I guess um, Klopp has been a little bit more flexible but uh, Jota yeah he's, he's sort of taken to it like a duck to water and I'd, I'd like to imagine sports sack Mark is watching on like a proud father rather than I don't um, think he is he's not rather than someone who's lost a best friend but I don't know no he's not I can't speak for him yeah, if, if, <laughs> if you've seen him on Slack when Jota scores he's, he's not happy he's not happy by me at all Um Oh, that, that's why I felt like I needed to apologise to him prior to saying anything. <laughs> right, well, fair enough. Um, best, best leave that one there. And honestly, I'm hoping Jota scores, but that's purely selfish. <laughs> right, that's that's about all we have time for this week. Um, I think we've we've covered a lot of ground, and we're still working out how best to structure these podcasts, given we do have match day and career markets now to to focus on so obviously if anyone has any ideas on that front or you know what they want us to focus on more um week to week or on an ongoing basis just let us know um it's 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 a rapidly evolving platform and obviously there is a lot to cover each week particularly with the um the launches on the career markets but then you know the football's coming thick and fast we can't really uh, turn a blind eye to that too much so yeah um yeah it's it's, it's certainly keeping us busy um, is there anything else to add, Jay, before we head off? Um, no, no, not necessarily. Just if you're, I suppose, if you're a sort of new career markets user predominantly, um, and, you know, and you fancy coming on to sort of give your opinions and whatnot, we're more than happy to to accommodate that. So just drop us a drop us a DM on on Twitter, and like we can we can get something set up. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're here to cater for. Uh, for the community so you know even if it's uh, uh, perceived as bad feedback um, for the careers market then you know we can we can have a discussion about it because um, you know that's you know like I said we're, we're here for the community it's uh, you know everyone's got their own opinions and you know we'll voice ours um, and you voice your opinion yeah absolutely I mean so far I think the the launch has gone has gone pretty well and obviously the lack of an Android app is maybe a the, the biggest drawback so far I can't personally say I felt that so much because I am I'm on Apple so I can't really complain um, yeah. but that's that's perhaps the, the biggest sticking point at the moment um, but generally I think I think it's been managed very well so I haven't had a I haven't had many negatives to, to offer up so far um, but if, if we do stumble across them then we'll be, we'll be sure to, to raise them um, and I'm, I mean I'm sure that people listening will, will also bring them up themselves so um, yeah as you say if anyone does want to uh, to get involved drop us a message and we'll, we'll see about getting getting you on for a chat thank you everybody for tuning in good luck trading this week and we will catch you next time take care